Have you ever called your dog stubborn, untrainable, can't listen? I think we've all been there. But if you have, or if you're feeling like your dog is stubborn, untrainable, or can't listen currently, then this is the episode for you. This is a super short bonus episode where we're just going to cover something a little bit different when it comes to training and working with so-called stubborn dogs. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi, I'm Holly and welcome back to the Letters from Your Dog podcast. So today we are doing a super short little episode just about anyone who has ever called their dog stubborn or maybe said, my dog can't listen when. If I had a tenner for every person that said to me, my dog can't listen when there's distractions, I could honestly retire right now on the spot because it's so normal. (laughs) Of course they can't. They've never learned to do that. So when thinking about things like that, we're like, right, what work can we do with our dog to help them to be able to listen in the face of distractions? That's just one example. But I also see, and this is something that really annoys me and I see a lot of breed specific groups where people will say oh my dog doesn't listen because they're this breed so for example for myself I've got a Pyrenean mountain dog great Pyrenees if you are in the states or Canada or elsewhere in the world and I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for the breed and I've actually had to leave a few of them because I got so sick of the same old comments someone would ask for some help with some training and people would say oh there's no point they'll never listen oh they're not motivated oh they're stubborn or even they're stupid now these dogs are not stupid honestly I saw a fantastic film once where because they guard livestock and so goats or sheep or whatever there were two dogs that were on the night shift so they were working the night while the other two were asleep they came back onto the farm at like 5am and the other two day shift day shift dogs went out like that's incredible without any guidance or help from a person in that moment that was just like they knew that that's what they needed to do that's not a stupid dog (laughs) that's an incredibly intelligent dog so although there are breed traits that are going to play into things there are genetics no dog is unable to learn no dog is too stubborn it's our job to find out what motivates that dog what lights them up and then to work with that rather than working against them but let me get off my soapbox for a second so I want to talk about something today that one of my psychology professors said to me years ago that has stuck in my brain and I've actually heard it somewhere else recently on a podcast or somewhere I don't know the original source and I'll probably butcher it but that's okay (laughs) so if you are multitasking come back just a second and just hear this so the sentence is we use our ears to hear but we use our emotions to listen. So I'm going to say that one more time. We use our ears to hear, but we use our emotions to listen. Deep, right? (laughs) So what do I mean by that? So actually hearing something someone says, that's a biological I guess process so sound comes into our ear the ears do their wonderful thing (laughs) I am no ear expert or hearing expert and our brain processes that and we hear the words or we hear the sound 
exactly the same for our dogs, exactly the same process. So I could hear you saying to me, sit. But actually, whether I listen and therefore choose to act, maybe predominantly down to how I feel. So if you have always said sit to me and then if I haven't done it fast enough, you've pushed my bum down to the ground or given me a smack, I might not feel too great about that word and I might not respond to it. Even though you say, oh, she knows it, I might well know it. But actually, if it's been paired with an aversive punishment, maybe I don't want to do that. So even though I've heard what you've said, yeah, I know what that means. My emotions have said, "Mm, I don't really want to listen to that. And I think this is so pivotal when it comes to working with our dogs because we talk all the time about making dog training a positive experience but we don't really think why and actually so much of what we do with dogs is related to how they feel and how we feel and how we work as a team together. Because when you're thinking about those distractions, that's the classic example. Dogs off the lead, you call them back, they come back wonderfully. Dogs off the lead, they're chasing a squirrel up a tree, you call them, they ignore you. They can hear you for the most part, but their emotions are saying, oh no, you know what, I've got a choice here. And actually, quite frankly, in this moment in time, It's a far better deal for me to stand at the bottom of this tree and bark at this squirrel because that's incredibly fun for me and they might come down and I might get a chance to chase them. So what that's telling us is we as people have not done sufficient work so far with that dog so that when they get that choice of do I chase the squirrel and stand under the tree barking or do I come back to my human that it's automatic because that's what we're looking for at the end of the day we're wanting our dog to have so much of a wonderful reinforcement history with us that actually it's an automatic choice to want to come back to us they really really have to think about it whereas what's happening in this current example is the dog is having to think and they're having to make a choice so even though they can hear you say rover come they're thinking "Mm, My emotions are saying, I don't really want to listen to that right now because this is far more exciting. So that's almost like quite a nice example because we're thinking about excitement. In the previous example, we're thinking about fear. Actually, I don't want to listen to you when you tell me to sit because I associate that with you smacking me on the bum or pushing my bum down to the ground when I don't want to. So it's really interesting just to think about that payoff for our dogs. What what are they getting out of this at the end of the day? Because we are all creatures that we're self-serving, all of us. We want things that either get us something that we want or make us feel good about ourselves. And even when you think about doing something nice for someone else it's still at the end of the day, it's going to make you feel good. Do you you guys remember that Friends episode where um, Joey and Phoebe were talking about how you couldn't ever have a selfless act and they were trying to kind of prove, I think Phoebe was trying to prove that that was wrong. Well, (laughs) for the most part, I think it's probably right. Now that doesn't mean that everyone that goes around doing nice things for other people is, is selfish. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we are evolutionarily built to survive and to thrive and 
to look after ourselves and so are dogs so actually if you want to teach your dog to be able to come away from distractions you need to think about what motivates them what reinforces them and how much of that can I weave into my training so that when my dog is in that position not only do they hear me calling them but also emotionally they want to respond to me there's always going to be the off chance where it goes wrong but I know 99% of the time that that's going to be my dog's choice so today go out (laughs) go home wherever you are if you're listening to this driving or walking or cleaning or whatever you're doing and just think what are my dog's favorite things what do they love to do do they love to sniff Do they love to swim do they love to chase do they love that chair that they're not supposed to sit on and how can I incorporate that into rewarding my dog when I'm training them it's not just about food and toys people it's about food and toys too but there's so much more that you can do with that so the next time you think about calling your dog stubborn or saying they can't listen just remember are they hearing you but actually their emotions are saying I can't listen to you right now and think about what you can do to try and change that all right take care